Please for our scripture reading, which comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. This is Jesus speaking. Now when the human one comes in, his majesty and all his angels are with him. He will sit on his majestic throne. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them from each other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side, but the goats he will put on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Get away from me, you who will receive terrible things. Go into the unending fire that is prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. I was naked and you didn't give me clothes to wear. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't do anything to help you? Then he will answer, I assure you that when you haven't done it for one of the least of these, you haven't done it for me, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous ones will go into eternal life. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you'd remain standing as we sing together our middle hymn. It's good to be back here with you all as we are gathering here today in worship. I want to thank those who held it together last Sunday in my absence. Uh, Like I mentioned in the sermon that I did not, well, one, I didn't realize there were outtakes included uh, in the video announcements last week. Um, I'm glad I didn't say anything colorful uh, (laughs) because those were not meant to be in there. Um, But like I mentioned, we were in San Antonio, uh, got out of town for a few nights. We went to the zoo, the Alamo, did an escape room with a bank heist theme. Addison will sell the answers if you'd like. I'm just kidding. Um, we enjoyed the river walk. We had a good time. I know I shared in the message that it was Mindy and I's 20th anniversary, so that was pretty cool. Um, unlike our honeymoon 20 years ago, San Antonio this time was unusually warm, like mid-80s. And so we're out there in our shorts thinking we should have brought more cold or warm weather clothes, uh, with the only exception being last Saturday night, much like last night, uh, we went to bed and it was nice and warm and we, you heard the wind blowing and we woke up the next morning and it was in the 20s. So um, that's always fun. But uh, this morning we're going to be using, like I've mentioned, a version of, of the Wesleyan Covenant Renewal Service in a prayer from John Wesley that the earliest Methodists use. Uh, this prayer has been used since uh, the 1770s. And so the prayer for many of us is familiar. If you've been somewhat around the Methodist church or in and out, uh, it's a prayer that, that is often prayed around the beginning of the year in the United Methodist Church. And so this morning we've also included some other portions of the, the Wesleyan Covenant service. Although there's a much longer version, but that's a lot of back and forth and I thought maybe not today. 
Um, but I, I like the part that, that we've been using this morning where we've been encouraged and, and asked to confess our sins, to think about our shortcomings, and to think about the things that we can do or have admitted to do in the last year as we look ahead to the new beginning. In fact, uh, what we're going to be doing for the next four weeks in worship is, is a sermon series called Reset, where we're looking at, at the different ways that you and I are choosing to live in response to the grace of God, the way we choose to respond, and, and, and the different ways that we study and live and are in relationship with others. And I think it just goes hand in hand with what we're doing today as part of a worship service as well as looking at, at our sins and our shortcomings and, and hearing, once again, the renewal, the invitation to renew ourselves, to be in covenant with God and with each other, because that's part of what the Christian faith is, isn't it? It's kind of this both and. You know, we're called to be uh, individualistic Christians. I mean, I'm the only one that can make a profession of faith for myself. My children, you know, no matter how much Mindy and I pray for them or, or want the best for them, they have to make that choice for themselves, don't they? But the thing is, is while God gives us the opportunity to make that individualistic choice, God also calls us to be in community with each other, which is why you look in Ephesians. You know, Paul spends so much time about the body of Christ in, in the book of Galatians, where Paul talks so much about what it means for us to be in relationship with each other and how we're to engage and, and use the gifts of the Spirit that he has given us so that we can all uh, glorify God and also lift each other up and help to each other to pursue a life of faith so that all of us can grow closer to Jesus Christ. And so this morning I want to focus on what really is just what I think is one of the most sobering lines of the covenant prayer. Uh, and actually, if you read it, it's, it's in your bulletin if you haven't glanced at it today. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of it that really you could preach a whole sermon series on this because it's kind of an intimidating prayer, really, if you think about it. Especially the part where... Um, the line says, put me to what you will. Put me to what you will. So that's me saying to God, put me to whatever you see fit, isn't it? And so we're praying whenever we pray this line in the covenant prayer. And we are stating, and, and as we state this, we ask God to use us in the best way that he sees fit. In our ministry in our lives, in our workplace, in our school, wherever it is. Because this is one of those prayers, right, that it's not uh, just confined and, and narrowly focused on one little aspect of our life, is it? Because as Christians, we believe that the Christian faith is a holistic faith that affects not just our spiritual little slice of our, our pie of life, but that our Christian faith affects the entire pie in our life, doesn't it? And so when we say to God, put me to what you will, that's kind of scary, really, if you think about it. I mean, think about the things you prefer to do in your daily life, whether it's, you know, if you're at your house, what are the things that you prefer to do? Because I think there's things that, that all of us don't mind doing, we prefer to do, and then there's also things that we really don't want to do at all. Think of housework. All right, I'd much rather do the dishes and iron than scrub a bathroom. I really like ironing, so it's okay. But, uh, you know, I'd rather mow the yard than do some other things. I know for others, it's totally opposite of that. I know for others, you're thinking it's all crazy. But I think the thing that, that as we compare this, uh, 
the doing of housework, we can also look at it in terms of our spiritual life and of what it means for us to live engaged with other Christians in the life and in the community of faith that it's the church. Because in our service of God, there's also things that we all also prefer to do, aren't there? Some of us have gifts, or we all have gifts and talents, but some of them, you know, come very naturally to us. Some of them, we have to work a little more about them, or we have to think a little bit more about them. And, and some of them, we don't have to think about using them or sharing them at all. It just happens. But see, in service to God, I know that there are also gifts for all of us that are those things that they don't come quite as easy to us. And I think when I pray Wesley's prayer, those are some of the things that kind of make me go, wait a minute, hold on. Because I'm soberly reminded when we say to God, put me to what you will, that we're turning it all over to God. In a few minutes, we're going to pray the prayer, but you know, it says, I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will, rank me with who you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. These words are kind of scary because in these words we give ourselves over to Christ. We're making ourselves not just in this little slice of our life available, but we're saying let me have all things, and to you I give all things. Where even we say, let make me full or make me empty. Who doesn't, who, I mean, I hope God uses good judgment on that, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but I think it's also eye-opening us for us to realize that in both of these things, that they, they can be the work of God in our lives. And so friends, as we pray this prayer this morning, today we make ourselves completely available to Jesus. No matter what we face in life, no matter what's going on, no matter what is coming around the bend, today we make ourselves available to God to do those things and to do those tasks that we find enjoyable and easy and we enjoy sharing with others while also making ourselves available to those things maybe that, that don't seem easy and don't come as naturally to us. But see, we do it knowing that God is going to use us in the best way that God sees fit to accomplish his plan and his purpose, and that is good. Because the work that we do is not for our glory. The work that we do is to help us to grow closer to God. The work that we do, like in, in, in our gospel reading this morning from Matthew, is, is to help us to, to serve God and to serve others, but the work that we do is, is for God himself. And so in the book of Ecclesiastes, we, we heard that there was a time of, uh, of everything. And in the covenant prayer, we pray that this morning. That it is under God we are brought together. It is under Him that we are equipped to serve. And it is due to His grace that we are able to receive salvation and His forgiveness. And so friends, I invite you to hear the invitation. And then a couple of words of instruction from Wesley's um, covenant service. And then we'll pray the prayer together. And then we'll celebrate Holy Communion as a gift of renewal and as a way that we experience the forgiveness of God's grace in our lives and in our community of faith together.
So hear these words of invitation. Let us gather here before the Lord now in covenant, commit ourselves to Christ as His servants. Let us give ourselves to Him so that we may fully belong to Him. Jesus Christ has left us with many services to be done. Some of these services are easy and honorable, but some are difficult and disgraceful. Some line up with our desires and interests, others are contrary to both. In some we please both Christ and ourselves, but then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. And so before we pray this prayer, hear these words of instruction. As we make this truth, as we confirm this truth in Holy Covenant, first set apart a time in your day more than once to be spent alone with the Lord. Seek to perceive God's special care for you and gracious acceptance of you. Carefully think about, through the words of this covenant and conditions, examine your heart even if you have freely given your life to Christ. Name the sins in your life. Reflect on on whether you are willing to choose Christ's holy laws and strict commands. Be sure you are clear in all of these things so you do not lie to God. Second, uphold a serious spirit of holy awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Do not trust in your own strength and power, but rely upon God's promise of giving grace and strength. In this way, He will empower you to keep your promise. And finally, fourth, be determined to be faithful. You have given your heart and your life to God. You have opened your mouth to dedicate yourself to the Lord with God's power. May we never go back to our former way of living. So in the grace of God, would you join me as we pray the covenant prayer to Him and with each other. Let us pray. I am no longer my own, but Thine. Put me to what Thou wilt. Rank me with whom Thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for Thee or laid aside for Thee, exalted for Thee or brought low for Thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth Let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.